Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal can help you start planning for college, retirement, a rainy day fund, or long-term goals with their free savings accounts. Find out more at NavyFederal.org. All right. Hey, we're talking with uh, Navy veteran David Pierre from uh, Phoenix Personal. He's a he's, his business is Phoenix, and uh, he's got a great facility there, personal training facility there in New Jersey. He's a personal trainer and a business mindset coach. So, David, welcome to the show. Um, you got a lot of great things to talk about in business and what your experiences have been in entrepreneurship since getting out of the Navy. Uh, before we get into that, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Navy. Hey, Joe, thanks for having me first and foremost. I appreciate it. Um, so what I did in the Navy, uh, my job for anyone who is in the Navy is hospital corpsman. Anybody who doesn't understand that, uh, basically the medic, uh, the uh, medical personnel for the, for the Navy from the enlisted side. Um, my job as a, as a corpsman was to, I was attached directly to the Marine Corps. So once I came in, I went directly what we call green side for uh, the Marines. So I haven't been on a ship. I haven't been on an aircraft carrier. I couldn't, I would get lost. Your guess is my, uh, as best as good as mine as it pertains to trying to find a way around some kind of a uh, ship or anything like that. Um, so I've been with the Marine Corps my entire career, 12 years now. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like what I've started with. If anybody uh, fully understands the, the mission of um, a corpsman, uh, it's basically to do what they do. You integrate with them, you wear the uniform with them, you go by their regs, uh, you learn their history, their uh, rank structure and everything like that. So um, in part of that, I've kind of been there, been all throughout the country, other places of the world with the Marines and attached to them and done some fun stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of air force and army people don't realize the, the Marine Corps has no of their own medical people. The yeah. Navy, the Navy provides that all to the Marine Corps. Yeah. And I definitely have to explain that. And people are like, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, picture you have two daddies, right? You belong to the Marine Corps and the Navy is the guy who's like, <laughs> gives you allowance. Right. So that's kind of where it comes from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that is uh, what keeps the Marine Corps uh, unique, obviously, because mm -hmm. They don't have to get too, you know, in the minutia of having all these different jobs. They can definitely be a operating force, a fighting force and stay organic to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely works to the Marine Corps advantage. It allows the Marine Corps to be much leaner and smaller and agile. Um, the Marine Corps doesn't have to deal with a lot of the overhead that uh, the other three branches of the service have to deal with. So. Um, we definitely use that to our advantage. Um, so talk about um, some of the, as you got close to getting out of the Navy, what were some of the things going through your mind? What were you looking to do when you got out and, and what happened in your transition? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it all brings me back to, so I deployed back in 2011, 11-TAC-1 um, with the Marine Corps unit out in Southern Afghanistan. And uh, it was a very kinetic deployment nonetheless, right? Uh, that mm -hmm. was the deployment in which, you know, uh, basically IEDs, you know, uh, 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 complex ambushes, all those other stuff where those things go off. So like your job as a corpsman is to hopefully never have to do your job, but you know, when you do it, you have to be proficient enough to, to, to get, to get it done, um, in a smart and tactical way. And, um, on that deployment, obviously, you know, you, you, you gain a little bit more confidence in what you're doing, right, from that medicine side because things are actually happening and you're actually starting to see it. You're no longer in a training environment, which is notional. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so medicine became more of a thing that I was, you know, deeper, deeper rooted in, right? So, you know, practicing medicine, combat medicine, triage, you know, all this other stuff, uh, emergency stuff. Um, that was like, you know, once I was thinking of transitioning out, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go with the PA route. I'm going to, you know, work in a OR or an ER and I'm just going to be, you know, yeah. going about something that's going to give me kind of that same thrill that, you know, emergency medicine can actually bring, you know, kind of that high, that adrenaline rush. Um, and that's kind of where my head was at. I got up, I got off active duty um, and transitioned into the reserves coming back and then um, had a pretty skate job. Um, and I was going to school, going to school for my bio degree. And, and I, if anybody is a science major, you understand how much that takes up your time, right? Doing the class and then doing the lab, you can't really work. So right. I kind of finagled my way into finding a job uh, in the fitness field, right? I can kind of control my own hours um, and kind of still make ends meet to keep myself like afloat. And that was also something that opened my eyes in a different way. It was something I was passionate about, let's call it. Um, but it almost gave me the same kind of thrill of helping people with medicine, right? You start to see some changes in people's lives. Uh, you start to see this ripple effect that you get through, you know, helping someone, uh, you know, surmount certain things in their lives. And um, it, it just kind of stuck. And as I was like uh, getting better at it, let's call it, um, I also understood my, my niche was basically helping people understand like perspective and mental toughness as it pertained to fitness and nutrition and diet and all this other stuff. And uh, then I fell in love with the business aspect of it. I'm like, wow, this gives me the same gratification as practicing medicine. It's obviously not as instant, it's a, but it's a deeper, deeper connection that you get to make with people. And that's where I was able to kind of, you know, put my spin on it. Like, you know, having uh, all the principles that the military has taught me and, uh, you know, the discipline that they have taught me and everything like that. And that's kind of helped stimulate and propel me in this field. That's awesome. And so you actually ended up opening up your, your own facility there in New Jersey, right? Yes. Yes. Recently. So you start off with personal training and got into, you know, business and mindset coaching. Um, how did, how was that? How did that go for you in the beginning? And how, how did you actually get your start in that? What were some of the lessons learned from a business perspective? Yeah. And, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be in a area that's very condensed. Uh, we live close to New York city. So I work with a lot of people specifically our C-suite type, you know, um, people, career oriented people, alpha at what they do, owners, CEOs, these kind of people. And, Fitness, in a way, it, it forces you, if you're going to be good at it, to build a strong connection. And in order for you to have a strong connection, you have to at least be articulate and understand the people that you're you know, working with, working around, and essentially trying to help. Because if you can understand someone's lifestyle, you're going to uh, help them influence their lifestyle for the better. And as a good coach and as a good trainer, you need to do that. So that's where the business mindset started to come in. I was like, okay, if I need to be better at coaching these people who are already alpha at what they do, they just not, not good at this stuff. How do I do that? And I started to educate myself on, you know, certain business stuff, certain, you know, things about coaching people who are, you know, let's call alphas. And um, that would help me have a deeper kind of connection with them and also get, uh, get across the results that we essentially wanted. But it was through that, you know, repetition, because I'm having all these sessions a day, I'm having all these, you know, human interactions, uh, that I understood that to be a good trainer or a better trainer, you actually got to know your business as well, 
right? Because most trainers don't really understand that they are their own business and they do have to look at things from they're their own brand, they're their own CEO, and uh, you can't be one-dimensional as saying, hey, come do this workout. Hey, just follow this diet plan. You have to understand more things about what it is you do. Mm-hmm. So that kind of started my knack for understanding, knowing, and learning a lot more about business. And once I became more articulate in the field, uh, clients and other people within the industry started to lean on, uh, on me for my guidance, for you know a little bit of my perspective. Some would call it consulting, um, uh, just based on they just saw how much I struck a chord and how successful some things turned out for me. Uh, and then that's where, again, being very versed and very much prepared for the business mindset and approach, um, it allowed me to t- dip my toe in the water for those things. And slowly but surely, people are like, when are you going to open up your own place? <laughs> and, hmm. uh, and I did three weeks before COVID, but I did. <laughs> tough, tough timing on that. Yeah. So, so interesting, oftentimes when you're, when you're in, in one element of business, your customers start telling you where the demand is. And what that's what, what it sounds like happened to you was when you opened up your own facility, like there's a demand for a facility mm-hmm. that's centered around what you're doing. Yes, correct. And, and that's basically where I saw it. I mean, in the beginning, like when, you, when you're successful at anything or becoming successful, opportunities arise. And it's not everything that you should say yes to. It's also some things that you have to acknowledge that you need to say no to. Mm-hmm. And, and these are one of those things in the beginning that I kept saying no to. I was like, I don't want to own a gym. I don't think I want to step into that. I'm good with like just being a good role player um, and bringing to the table what I can. Um, but after you know, time and, and also having, a, I guess, a deeper vision in what can actually happen outside of one facility, uh, that's when I took that bigger step and just said, all right, I'm going to go all in on you know, opening this facility. And sure enough, some other things start to come with the consulting for other, you know, residential type things, the hospitality business and all this other stuff that the door opened only because I was able to go all in on this idea and this vision of myself. Wow. That's awesome. Well, Hey David, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I've been a Navy federal member for over 30 years. So I know that Navy federal gets the military community after a year of uncertainty. It's important to build your financial confidence back up. One of the best ways to do that is to develop good savings habits. You can learn some great savings tools and tips from Navy Federal Savings Learning Center. Whether you're saving for college, retirement, a rainy day fund, or long-term goals, they can help you start planning. Navy Federal offers free savings accounts for your every need. Navy Federal Credit Union understands that whether it's a deployment, your EAS day, or retirement, life in the military comes with all sorts of financial challenges. They're dedicated to helping their members regain financial stability through savings. If you want to save with a credit union that helps you build financial confidence, find out more at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal is federally insured by NCUA. All right, back talking with Navy veteran David Pierre with Phoenix. Uh, David's a personal trainer, uh, business mindset coach, and just you know, not too long ago, opened his own facility there in uh, uh, New Jersey. So, David, I got I got to ask this question. You said that you started working with personal training. You're working with C-suite level executives and people that were alpha in, in their domain. Um, as a Navy, Navy corpsman, you probably started when you're still in, in college out of the Navy taking classes. What, what, what kind of mindset did you have to have or how were you able to, what are the lessons learned and how you were able to target those, those types of executives and be able to talk at their level? Yeah. So uh, great question, Joe. I think 
for me personally, um, you have to understand that there's a certain level of self-education that you need to continue on in order to ensure that you're able to bring forth value to someone who is pretty respectable in their field, right? So let's, let's, let's take it for what it is. Most times when you are, and if anybody's in the fitness field, um, you are seen as a trainer, as, as the trainer, right? Whatever the case may be. Um, most clients that you'll probably deal with won't understand or believe that you are more professional than that, right? You're seen in this role. And it was in self-educating myself and definitely, you know, understanding, I guess, the, the, the minutia behind what they do a little bit more uh, allowed me to have an articulate conversation where this person was like, huh, this person actually has more value. They understand, you know, where I'm coming from. They understand this kind of world and reality. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean to say that you need to learn everyone's business, but there are some things that are pretty consistent throughout the bunch of all the people who are successful, you know, knowing trends, knowing things in the news, actually having an opinion um, in a way that's backed up by something that, you know, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I was in college and I was like not sure where I was with PA school and training and thinking that one of these things I had to go all in on. And for me, once I realized the, the money came, once I stopped worrying about money, um, that was something that was like, okay, imagine if you put more effort into it and imagine if you put more energy into educating yourself, you will become better at your craft. And I actually saw a, a turn in my business. Um, once I, <laughs> I went on this, uh, I went and I was surrounded by the, you know, the whole recon community within the Marine Corps. And I got to train with a bunch of these guys for a good amount of time. And, um, uh, one of the, I remember one of the instructors saying, uh, you know, this is called, uh, BRC basic reconnaissance course. Right. So he's like, there really is no advanced reconnaissance course. It's doing the fucking basics that is going to make you better. Right. And it's the basics that separate you. And he said it like day two of this training exercise in this evolution. And it stuck with me the whole way. And so much so when I came back and I was leading a team, you know, of trainers, I was like, listen, the 1% of the military in a way um, master the basics. And that is pretty consistent with the 1% who are successful in this world. They master the basics, right? Or 1% who are successful at whatever it is that they do. They're mastering these basics. So doubling down on how you are communicating, self-educating, and all those basic principles actually pay dividends to to what it is you're actually worth uh, when it comes time to having one of these people within your community, right? Let's call it these C-suites or uh, executives or these celebrities, which, you know, also are on that list. It's just like, yeah. once you're able to hold your weight, um, they, they see that and it resonates with them. You know, that's interesting. Um, most, most people heard the Jocko podcast, Jocko, the Navy SEAL. Um, he talks about this thing quite a bit. Um, Every, he's always getting pinged from people. He's like, what's the, what's the secret for getting in really good shape or having good abs or what's the cool. He's like, there's no secret. It's, it's just executing on the basic. Like and he did this analogy. He's like, it's almost like they want to know how I brush my, he goes, well, how, how do you get out of bed in the morning? And they're like, he's like, what do you mean? Like, like, okay. When I brush my teeth, I go, I, I brush the, the horizontal surfaces first. And then I, he's like being stupid. He's like, you really want me, you really want to know exactly how I brush my teeth. He's like, you're missing the point. He's like, it's, it's executing the basics and having the discipline and the wherewithal to execute the basics all the time. 
irregardless of emotion. He's like, if you rely on emotion, like when you feel like you only do it when you feel like it, then you'll never get there. You have to execute and do it, especially when you don't feel like doing it. And it just gets in that mindset of there's, there's no secret. There's no like short hack or shortcut to it. Here, here's, here it is laid out. And if you just do it, then it works. Um, that monotony, or is it, that's where the success lies in doing mm-hmm. those monotonous tasks and the mundane tasks. In the grind. Doing them very well, because if you can't do the basics, how can I expect you to do anything more advanced, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just understanding that that is where the power lies. And it's basically the long game for everyone, but they don't realize that they're playing that, right? And they're mm-hmm. living in this, this tactic, tactic, tactic life. Like, how can I do this tactic? How can I do this tactic? And it's just like, well, let's have a let's adopt a few set of principles that we're gonna do, right? Read a certain amount of day, wake up this time, you know, walk this amount. Like these are principles that you can live by, and mm-hmm. that's actually going to be the separator for you in the long term. So, like digging into this a little bit more, in in far as you're you're, you're in personal training, you're not too far out of the military, um, you're still doing some reserve stuff, so you got that as a reference point. What do you think was it? And what do you think was it that, that spoke to most of these executive type corporate people, the P their one percenters in their field? What do you think was it about you that spoke to that? Uh, so I think, I definitely think for me, a lot of them come from a community and an environment in which they are the people that are giving out the commands, right? Giving out the orders, leading mm-hmm. and steering the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you step into my gym my my session my environment you now know nothing or you now know very little or Mm -hmm. you don't know as much as you thought you knew right right so um being ready to lead someone in that way who who has to have some buy-in in you right or else they wouldn't train with you or has to have some level of belief in you or else they wouldn't come to see you um it's taking advantage of that in the right way right so Mm -hmm. once they understood that this is not something that they do well and that they were essentially trying to outsource it, that's them coming to you for help. That's a vulnerable state, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to understand that you need to lead them in a certain way that gets them to some results that they want, right? So you have to be ready and prepared for when that comes. And you have to understand that um, they don't do this well. And they're used to barking out orders or giving you know, um, direction and, and all this other stuff. So they're coming to outsource things to you. And you know, being prepared for that. So I say that to say this is just like, when you identify with that, and when you explain to them that they don't do this well, and that's okay, you have to bring it back to them and show them their, their, their hope and their way out. And I'm like, hey, you actually do these things really well in your life. There's no reason why you got to where you are in your career, or your business or wherever you're at, without doing some of these same principles that if we look over here, I want you to implement for fitness, I want you to implement for your nutrition, which mm-hmm. it could be waking up early because you are, you know, associate. Now you're a named partner and you, you know, of your firm. Well, okay. How about we wake up early? You work, walk a little bit b- before, or you prepare your meals a little bit before. Like these principles start to um, overlap, but they don't see that. They're so, hey, I'm good at what I do, and that's it. So having them able to shift their perspective about their approach was one of the biggest takeaways that I can see that um, most of these you know, successful alpha people have. Mm -hmm. And how confident in that would you, how much of that ability to do that do you think came from your military experience? I would say, I would say um, 90% probably. Mm 
probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other 10% is probably like, you know, where I just, my upbringing, uh, maybe it's something that's, you know, woven into the fabric of who I am. Mm-hmm. But I say that because like, in the military, we have orders, you follow orders, right? And you have this level of like, I can't do anything outside of these orders. I can't do it when it's convenient for me. I can't justify it to make it more comfortable for me. You just execute orders and that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. That's where most people don't understand the mental toughness aspect of being in the military comes in because you have to do things um, with complete disregard in certain ways of your comfort level, right? And it's through those repetitions of becoming mentally, mentally tough in which you become better at following things to a T. Most people from a civilian side don't understand that level of hardship, right? They don't understand that level of rigidity, right? They do things as it is convenient for them. They do things as it uh, is um, most often like applicable to them in certain situations, right? And, 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 and that's it. They, they live in this cycle of when it's convenient for me or when I feel comfortable or when I feel motivated, right? They, they, don't, they don't know what it's like to follow things to a T. Yeah. So mental toughness that was kind of ingrained in me, follow these orders, follow these orders, follow these orders. Am I able to kind of um, synthesize that and distill it to a normal person to help them understand that, hey, you can build your own mental toughness? Um, yes. For a lot of these people, it, it really optimized where they were or what they were doing in their lives because they're like, oh, okay, I, I do, I do do hard shit. I'm able to do it. You know, you know, um, I think sometimes us veterans, we, we take for granted that structure when we're in the military in which we live and this, that, that grind and that not being able to say, I don't feel like doing this today. Well, you're doing it because there's no other way around it. And we don't even have to think about whether we feel like doing it. We just do. Yes. And what you touched on there. Sometimes, um, and I experienced some of this with myself, when you get out, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that structure, that rigidity is gone. Yes. And, and it's up to you to set that back up for yourself. Yes. And that's where a lot of veterans fall off hard, where there's nobody or no structure whatsoever telling them what to do. And, and they, I almost think there's almost, they don't realize that that's gone and, and they don't realize how important it was when it was there for them because they, they became the, the phenomenal Marine or the, or the phenomenal pilot or the phenomenal Navy SEAL or the best soldier, whatever. But it was because they had that structure and something was driving them all the time and they just did it and they would get out and all that's gone. Yes. And I think that's, I mean, listen, I think I suffered with that. I know a bunch of my Marines suffered with that once they got out of the Marine Corps, but yeah, there's a level of um, identity crisis that you fall into. You're like, mm-hmm. what is my identity? But it all falls down to uh, one thing that we kind of overlook sometimes being in the military, and that's the mission, right? So mm-hmm. you have no more sense of that mission. You have no more sense of that purpose. Um, and yes, when you're out and things are in the civilian side world, um, you kind of don't have clear expectations on what your own personal mission is. The mission's always been told to you. You show up to the briefing, you show up to um you know the uh you know conference room this is the mission this is what we're going over right this is what we're doing this is what we're executing on and that's always been given to you by someone higher someone higher someone higher right get out you have a personal responsibility to identify your mission um the thing is where most i think most veterans and i speak to my marines a lot um struggle with is because they think that's the hard part right they think finding and identifying a mission is the hard part Whereas on the contrary, doing the hard stuff of structure, routine, discipline, 
that's what <laughs> everyday civilians would pay for. Mm-hmm. They, would, they, would, they would kill for that because they're not structured. They're not motivated. They're not disciplined. You know, obviously there, there, there are some that are, but um, that is the hard stuff that you really can't teach. And we, we've been able to have a condensed version of repetition by being in the military. So my advice to anyone who's getting out of the military and may think that they don't know what they want to do, it's like you literally have um, an <laughs> open way of doing anything you want. Because all the stuff, all the hard stuff that it requires, the structure, the discipline, you know, the execution of a plan, understanding all this, that is where the nuts and bolts of it is actually um, made up from, right? Mm-hmm. And then all I just need to say is, I'll adhere to this way, I'll go to this direction, I'll follow this life. Yeah. And sometimes, especially if you've gotten out of the military, sometimes you might need to commit to something like, uh, I'm going to start training for a 5K or a 10K, or I'm going to run my first marathon, or... I'm committing to a personal trainer. Sometimes you have to commit to something and bring other people in that are going to make you um, be accountable, whether it be a mastermind group or, or a personal coach. (laughs) So, um, Hey, I do want to do, uh, ask you a little bit about some of the details of when you open your, your facility there in New Jersey, what were some of the lessons learned? Um, you know, finding the real estate and acquiring the funding for the building and the lease. And what, what kind of uh, lessons learned do you have uh, for us there? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of lessons learned. Let me tell you guys, I opened up February 22nd and put <laughs> in New Jersey closes down March 16th. Oh boy. I wasn't able to open until July at, you know, minimal capacity. And then. You weren't the one that was on the news, were you? No, no, but that's down. The top there. <laughs> okay. No, not yeah. those but, uh, some of the lessons learned is um, had I been a, I don't want to say irresponsible business owner or just, you know, shooting from the hip, mm-hmm. um, my business probably could have failed as fast as it opened. You know what I mean? Because um, the structure and everything that they talk about of like, you know, having everything built out in terms of, you know, financial models, you know, um, projections, six months of savings, X, Y, Z, like to the T, you know, I did, right. I felt like I needed to do. And then the responsibility was on me. So, I did it almost in a way of saying, and this was my approach to uh, the whole project was if I'm opening tomorrow, what do I need to have in place? Mm-hmm. And um, that makes you work backwards off of everything, right? Where most people are like, I'll open it and I'll figure it out. Yep. I'm like, nope, let me do it this way. Objective and area that, planning, right? Start with the objective yeah. area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I worked backwards off of that uh, from the layout to, you know, the equipment to how everything was going to be staffed and, um, this technology we're going to use, the software we're going to use, um, all that stuff. Uh, and then eventually working back into, like you said, the real estate, which became the easiest part because, you know, I mean the hardest part, excuse me, because everything else was, um, soon as I get the green light on my location, all the work is done. You know, it's just a waiting game from there. So it was all in all probably, listen, I've been sitting on a vision for a year and a half, two years, you know, saving my pennies, getting my ducks in a row. Um, and then until like, you know, I found a little bit more confidence in myself from start to finish, it probably took eight months, 10 months to probably get it done. Um, so, you know, you know, three months in, in figuring out the whole legal stuff and then three months in construction, two months in, you know, getting my team ready embedded and ready to go. So it was a, it was a, it was a lengthier process than I would have put down on paper but it also went faster than I would have imagined. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, hey, Dave, we're getting close to the end of our time here. Um, I usually like to ask if you could talk to that guy getting out of the military or the military spouse who's looking to get into entrepreneurship, what kind of advice comes to mind? I mean, we can do a whole podcast on this, but uh, (laughs) the advice that comes to mind is that you have all the tools necessary and required to be an entrepreneur. What you need to do is start to identify and find out things that you readily enjoy and bring joy to your life. Uh, Being in the military, like some of the stuff is cool. Some of the stuff is fun. And chances are, if we're having this conversation, you're thinking about getting out. So you don't have that much joy to stay in, right? (laughs) So... So you have actually full autonomy of trying new things, being okay at sucking at it because you were, you know, you sacrificed a good portion of your life to the to um, this country. So you have all the tools necessary and required, right, in terms of discipline, structure, um, perseverance. You just need to find and double down on what it is that you're passionate about, and that's very simple. It's like, what would you rather be doing right now, like right now, like at this moment? And you just think about that, you know, and you consider that. And then you figure out a way to monetize it. Do people need it, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, David, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. Um, I always have to ask, at this point, you've become, you've opened your own facility, kind of going out on your own. Are you still pursuing the physician assistant route or is it less less of a... No, I got my uh, bachelor's in biology. Um, So that's sitting there. That's uh-huh. a, that's maybe when I retire from this and then I'll be the uh-huh. 60 year old PA or something. <laughs> um, but I, I am not pursuing that readily right now. You know, it's definitely something that's always there. I just re-enlisted for another four years. So, <laughs> so uh, uncle Sam is stuck with me, fortunately. Uh-huh. Um, so, but other than that, no, I'm just having fun with it. I'm enjoying the experience of, uh, you know, that I get from changing leadership roles in the military uh-huh. and then also seeing where this whole business entrepreneurial world takes me. Awesome. Well, hey, David, we look forward to your future success and uh, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. I totally appreciate it. You bet. All right. Well, these two veterans are asking Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.